You're listening to your Player Problems NBA podcast with David and Kane. Kane, welcome back. How's your Kyrie trip? I I love I love going on my Kyrie trips. It's just like every time I go, it's just fucking insane. We should call this up. We should call this um. We should call this GM problems because I feel like there's a GM problem theme. Problems abound, including.、Uh, One of the players on your Buccaneers. <clears throat> okay, let's start with this. For our dear listeners, if you're wondering why this week's podcast is slightly,、um, slightly late to be released, it's because、uh, my co-host Kane went on a、uh, walkabout, a Kyrie walkabout. <laughs> you, you disappeared for a couple of days.、Uh, you didn't tell anybody, and you came back with a new job. Same dog, same wife. <laughs> What's changed, Kane? Where'd you go? Yeah, no, that, just that—that's it. I、uh, I followed Kyrie to the ends of the earth, and、uh, yeah, wound up with a new job, a new perspective, <laughs> and you know, it's it feels good. Well, basically, whatever he's doing, though, just keep just keep going because Kyrie's just just insane. He's just an insane player. You've been watching him, right? You have to be like a little bit gobsmacked when you watch him play. Yeah, I've been keeping very quiet with my critique of Kyrie. This guy's balling. Should we just start with this? Because I mean, I was gonna say like KD. If KD never got injured, he probably would be the runaway MVP. But it's just like this funny season where all the top stars—AD, LeBron,、uh, Joel,、uh, Kevin Durant—have all been injured for long periods of time and could never really like. They could never really cement themselves as the MVP pole leader.、Uh, maybe Dame isn't, or or Jokic isn't that is in that pole position now. But I know it's, it's a funny season. I and I think KD would have been the number one choice, or maybe Joel too, if they didn't get injured. Maybe Joel will win at the end of the day. Okay, Ken, you've got you just returned from your sabbatical. Tell me, how's KD doing? He seems to have a lot of pain. He's he's very angry right now. Yeah, he's pretty angry. He apparently. We just to talk about the basketball news first. He he should return、uh, for the next game. I think he's been upgraded to、uh, questionable or perhaps probable against the Knicks. And when the and when、uh, in the Knicks press、uh, players press conference when they ask, "Are you worried about the big three?" They said,、uh, "No, they should be worried about our big five." <laughs> the Knicks big five. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> Who are the Knicks big five? Let's see. James Dolan. Leon Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Leon Rose. <laughs> Who else is there? Ward Wagner.、Uh, Thibodeau. He. I know him. I know Thibodeau.、Uh, He's pretty good. The ghost of Phil Jackson. <laughs> the ghost of Phil Jackson. Patrick Ewing should be part of the Big Five, but apparently they don't let him into the stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get into the arena. No, that's they, <laughs> Spike Lee. <laughs> Spike Lee. I'm pretty sure he's out as well. <laughs> they won't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Okay, well, wait. Did they play the Knicks already? No,、nah, it hasn't happened. Okay, because the Nets are going to destroy them. Um. So I mean, this. Yeah. It, you know. I think the Knicks. Hey, hold. I, I think there's no hold way. Hold on here. I I know what you're doing. You don't deflect. Don't deflect. <laughs> I'm talking about KD. I want to know about KD. How's KD doing? <laughs> KD、oh, yeah. was fined fifty thousand dollars by the league and had to apologize for getting into、yeah. a Twitter dispute with a comedian. Michael Rapaport.、Yeah. Why is this even happening? Why does he care what Michael Rapaport has to say? Well, firstly, you, you, did you read the transcript of of, of the conversation?、Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was too serious, to be honest. I mean, it was bad. Definitely, you have groups of people that would have been offended by what he said.、Um, obviously, he wasn't directing towards 
those people, but he was say, he was using language that I guess would be derogatory. Um, You're talking about the gays. I think it was mostly for yeah the homosexual community. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what other slurs he might have used. So you've read the transcript uh, or that conversation, right? I read it. I read it like a week. I read it a few days, like a few days ago. So I kind of forgot the exact content. But I just remember him saying, like him, like telling him to come fight. How him. jealous is Chris Bouchard? Well, also, also Katie talks to random people as well, right. like just random people that mention Katie, and Katie will like will reply to them. But Chris Broussard, like would try to DM and <laughs> DM Katie and wouldn't even get like a freaking response. Um, <laughs> No, but I read the exchange and I didn't think it was a big deal at all. I don't think Katie is homophobic. Many people, myself included, would use that type of, I'm not saying I'd use it to that extent, but that language is not necessarily homophobic, I don't think. To be, to, to be honest, I think, okay, I guess let's be clear about this and we can just stop talking about it, but like he got fined 50K for those comments. However, like, bad or serious or offensive they are it was language that he shouldn't be used especially as one of like the you know one of the best players and you know obviously a a player that the nba wants to market out to you know nba and represent the nba so him getting fined 50k is nothing obviously it's chump change but it's necessary given the the vulgarity of the language he used not saying that you know we're above this and no one else would use it but he did use it and that's i think him copying the fine is fine. Like it's it's cool. Like he deserve he deserves that much. I I think maybe what I wanted to kind of drill into is like, I guess the the context of what he was saying. Like why was he challenging Michael Rappaport out to to a fight to meet up and fight? Like that's just weird on its own level. Um, and what happened? Because apparently they were friends originally. So something mm. so some kind of fallout happened where Katie was so angered that not only did he challenge him, but then use, I guess, really offensive language to, uh, I guess, like troll Michael Rappaport. And then Michael Rappaport on his end felt so threatened and, and scared that he would screenshot these exchanges and post them out on, on social media, which, I mean, D'Lo got like, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell was like, you know, labeled a snitch for, uh, you know, for his, what he did to Swaggy P. Well, Michael Rapport probably deserves the, even worse than that because he, he literally like screenshotted the, the, like a private message. Like you don't, you don't do that. Look, I mean, let's just be honest. Rapport was probably like, he was loving it that he was getting any attention from KD, okay? He probably like printed out those tweets and like hanging on his wall. So how do you hold KD accountable for private conversations? Well, you hold him accountable because he, he came forward and admitted that he did use that language. I guess if he denied it and, and whatever, then, you know, I don't know, then NBA would have to do an investigation. But I think he just came forward and accepted that, yeah, he did use that language. And then the NBA just went for, forward and fined him. That's that. In any case, my stand here is I don't think KD is homophobic. I read the the comments, I just, it's like saying, you know, for whatever reason, um, people get very gay when they get angry. People talk about like fucking you in the ass and sucking my dick. It, <laughs> for whatever reason, people get very homophobic um, when they get angry. I think it's in line with where the, our culture is today. I'm not saying perhaps we need to change that 
and move towards change, but what he was saying is not out of pocket, I don't think. And also, like, I didn't really paint Katie as this, like, um, like really great role model uh, by any standard. Uh, just judging from his interactions with, with trolls on Twitter and his purchase to go at them. And also, like, I remember when he was in that car ride after that shut up and dribble comment was made and he was in the car ride with LeBron James speaking to some reporter. Mm -hmm. And LeBron James was very eloquent and he was like, you know, taking command of the conversation and talking about how, you know, his political agenda shouldn't be silenced just because of his profession. And Katie, I guess, was kind of like mumbling along and agreeing, but he didn't, he didn't really have any eloquent thoughts on that. And I just, I just, it just came to me thinking like, Katie is really just focused on basketball and his friends. Like I saw him way livelier when he had that set down uh, interview with Michael Beasley. You know, like, and talking with other friends and 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 having uh, celebrations at parties and and with like rappers and stuff like that. He's much more lively in those situations as opposed to trying to chop up politics with LeBron James or trying to be serious about something. I don't I don't see him in that. I don't see him use his platform that often about that kind of stuff. So it is what it is. Like he he, he's, he is his own man. He's gonna he's gonna be focused on what he wants to focus on but I don't think it's anything like altruistic at the end of the day. He's not like this, this great role model that the league should um, portray as, you know, as, as such. And I think that's fine. Um, I, I don't think that, yeah. He should be careful anyway, but he should be, but he should be careful anyway. He's held to a higher standard right. regardless. Right. Well, anyway, Katie, instead of talking to Rappaport, maybe you need to be DMing um, Tim Hardaway. You need to be DM DMing uh, at your NBA podcast. DM us. DM us. Talk to me, Katie. Talk to me. I'll talk to you. I might, screen I might, I might screenshot. I'm, I might rile him up just to get a screenshot. <laughs> talk to me, Katie. I don't want to talk about anything you want. You want to fuck me up the ass? Okay, fine. <laughs> you want to talk about faith? You want to talk about God? <laughs> it's okay. Too. I talk about we'll, anything we'll you want. Up. You want to punch me in the face? <laughs> Go ahead. I don't care. Punch me in the face. Actually, maybe don't punch me in the face. Do you think if Katie punched you in the face, I'd probably die. So yes, it would hurt a lot. he. You reckon he'll be real? He's, do you think he's that strong? Like he'll punch you in the face, it'll hurt a lot. I think it'll break my face if he punched my face. Whose punch would hurt more on the arm, Isaiah, Th Isaiah Thomas or Kevin Durant? I don't know, but I have heard on a serious note. I have heard that basketball players actually, they're not, like they're not punchers, right? Because they're well aware that their hands is what's what's making the millions and millions of dollars, so that's mm. like a protected asset. Was Amara was it Amara Stoudemire that broke his hand? In, in, in the exactly, room? exactly. I rest my case. Okay, <laughs> Amara Stoudemire. All right. Actually, relax. He's a Nets. He's a Nets coach. So he's a, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Okay, maybe yeah. When he's not hitting on uh, other people's wives. You know the story that he was hitting on David Jacoby's wife when, he was, when she was married already? Who's David Jacoby? I think he's part of the Ringer. Oh. He, he has a show with Jalen Rose. Oh. He's a white oh, guy. Oh, Jacoby. But he has an um, yeah, 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 African-American yeah. wife. And apparently Amari Sarmire, when he was on Nick's, kept like hitting on her. She told him that he, she was married. <laughs> he was married at that time, and Amari was married at that time. But anyway, let's not talk about Amari, okay? Amara is currently a play development assistant for the Nets. Well, I mean, the Nets are doing pretty well in that department, so. Why not? 
Just, just add another weirdo to, to the staff. That's all we need. You know he tattooed? He tattooed like a tear on his face. Oh, a tear. Oh, like a prison, like what prisoners get when they, they, come, they come out. Well, apparently like it's to honor his brother. His brother passed um, five or ten years ago, and he got tattooed to honor him. But I thought it was kind of strange. Nothing wrong with honoring your, your family, but maybe don't put it on your face. <laughs> Okay, let, let's, let's transition to this, a more serious note. Now, I started our podcast talking about player problems, GM problems, and I want to bring up this story from the past two weeks, which is J.J. Redick, NBA veteran J.J. Redick. He's not happy, okay? He had some very choice words for David Griffin, GM of the Pelicans. In recent episodes, I've been on a bit of a rant around Griff and how I thought it was super strange why he was he thought it was necessary to to go on his media tour to hype up Drew Holiday to as the MVP uh talking about how it's Drew's team and Zion should be like in the back seat waiting for his turn talking about how he'd felt so blessed to be in New Orleans away from Cleveland which he said it was, he had a miserable time it was joyless in Cleveland despite winning a championship there okay and talking up how he's so grateful for uh, Gail Benson, Miss Benson, because it's family atmosphere, family first organization. Well, guess what? J.J. Reddick came out and he said, uh uh uh, no can do, okay? He said, I don't think you're going to get honesty from that front office, aka Dave Griffin. That's not an opinion. I just don't think you're going to get that. I don't think what happened to me is necessarily an isolated incident. Uh, da, 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 da. But in terms of this front office, yeah, it's not something where I would expect certainly the agents who worked on this with me to ever trust that front office again. This is the key sentence. It's not something where I would expect certainly the agents who worked on this with me to ever trust that front office again. The key point here is the agency that represents J.J. Redick also represents Zion. Let's just say this, it's not a good look. But yeah, he even mentions in the, in, on his pod uh, some of his quotes saying that he thought he was going to the Nets or, uh, or the Knicks. But he, he said, I looked at the buyer situation not as, oh, I'm going to be bought out and go to the Brooklyn, go to the Brooklyn Nets. I just want to be able to, on an off day, go see my family and be within driving distance because he mentioned to Griff that his priority in year 15 was to be close to his family and his family lived in Brooklyn. So obviously the, the most obvious convenient situation would be to get bored out and, and, and he would play for the Nets. Um, but I guess he was dealt... I can't even remember now. What he got traded to the Mavericks, right? For like some second round, like nobody. Yeah. So he, he went to Dallas, and then I guess that's like the opposite. He didn't. He was not happy with that, and he just mentioned that he, they had conversations and and he talked to Griff. He talked to Tra, Tra, Trajan uh, Trajan Langdon, and Griff said to me, "Come down for a month. If you still want to be traded, I give you my word. I'll get you a situation that you like." We had four subsequent conversations uh, on the podcast. Again, my agent talked to them, but I'm talking to Griff directly. Griff and I had a personal relationship. 
Obviously, he did not honor his word. So clearly, he's not just not happy. He's not happy that uh, even if he didn't, even if he didn't get bought out and he was traded, he wanted to work with the front office to be traded. I guess to on the East Coast. It takes twenty three hours to drive from Dallas to Brooklyn. He's also a rich man, so I guess he could he could fly. He, I guess he could rent a private jet, like you know. <laughs> JJ, JJ, just um, gotta, you gotta skip the the post game, game interviews. Start driving. Mark, Mark Cuban's a pretty generous boss. Okay, okay, okay. What what the fuck is wrong with Dave Griffin? Does he need to be fucked in the ass? <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird year. I don't know. You tell me. You you're the you used to lo- used to love him. You used to be a huge fan of David Griffin until he disrespected the king. When he disrespect the king, aka my family, you disrespect me personally. I take it personally. Yeah, like we've talked about other front offices doing dirty players and then getting like a bad rap uh, for potential free agents coming to this team because they see how they treat players. They see. Uh, you know what other players and what agents have said about this team or this front office specifically, and it it turns them away, especially in a situation like the Pelicans where they're not winning mini games or they're not in you know they're not an elite team. It's going to turn away a lot of teams. Um, so it just makes no sense because, like you said, you only got traded for a second round pick. So what's the point? Why not just do him the solid and trade him for even maybe less? But at least make him happy, and then preserve that relationship. And in the future, maybe it it will pay dividends. It will have some goodwill, or you know, good karmic force return back to David Griffin. Instead, like you said, he goes on that media tour, bad mouthing the 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 culture, or you know, the, the experience of having LeBron James on a roster, and going year after year of oh, you know, oh, I'm so feel sorry for me. Every year we just had to expect to be to win a championship. Oh my god. So, he's having so just, much fun this so, year, Kane. He's having so much fun. <laughs> and then uh he, he he yeah, then he goes on a Drew Holiday uh you know, MVP tour. And then and then you know, Drew Holiday wants out. Drew Holiday wants to be traded. And yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think Zion might like it doesn't seem like Zion's going to have a good time, you know, for the next 5 years cuz he's he's on a like there's no way. Like there's just no way He's getting out of New Orleans. Like, just look at what AD had to endure. He was there for seven seasons. That's what Zion's future is going to be like for the next. Zion's got to get force his way out, man. He got to force his way out. If if you were Zion, just look what the fuck is happening with his organization. Okay, first you tell me is Drew Holiday's team, and then you give the mantle to Brandon Ingram. Do you know who I am? I'm Zion. I'm Zion. Smoothie center. Just remove the goddamn sign. Put Zion on it. What is this? What is this like? This is like some Zen Junior trick that Griff is playing. Okay, he thinks he's Phil Jackson Junior playing some mind trick. You know, making Zion earn it. My only thing is in the interviews I've seen of Zion, and maybe this is not exactly him, but he seems like such a soft-spoken guy. And we've seen other, I guess, semi-soft-spoken guys stay with the team or just choose to be lifers with the team. I'm, I'm. I'm, I guess I'm referring more to Giannis. So it's not impossible that the team that drafted him, he remains loyal to, add up to a fault. And I think, yeah, you're right, the smart move is to force a trade, but I don't think it's as easy. 
What I take offense to is the fact that Griff went out of his way to talk about how this is family first organization, how he promised JJ essentially his whole thing with JJ is look, why don't you come here for a month or two? If you don't like it, then we'll get get you to a place that you like. Yeah. I don't want to hear commentators talking this bullshit where oh you know they're paying JJ mil- uh, millions of dollars.、Uh, it, it's okay that the the GM is thinking about the organization first. No, that doesn't work that way. That may be the case, but you don't need to lie to the players. You don't need to give the players the wrong impression. If you knew you're going to do that, just don't say anything. And maybe if you if you traded me for a legit draft pick, it might go down a little easier. The fact that you traded me for like for like a bag of chips just shows me ultimate disrespect. Interesting. So yeah, I guess since they are with the same agency, and that agency now has like a bad taste with the Pelicans. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's so hot. It's just like okay, like you're right. It is bigger than JJ Redick because now the agency has kind of caught wind of how they treated JJ Redick. But at the same time, you, you know the agency wants to get Zion out. Of New Orleans anyway, like New Orleans isn't a basketball town. Like, it's in the best interest to get Zion away to LA or New York anyway, right? Like, that's the most marketable situation for the client for him to make the most money. And this is not about JJ Redick. Like JJ Redick, I guess it's maybe the catalyst, but definitely it's, it's it's like the agency doesn't really care too much about JJ Redick's future since, like he said, he's in year fifteen. He doesn't have too much left. Um, Zion's the future. Zion is the future, may, maybe the future of the NBA. And at the end of the day, they they want him out, but they have to do what Zion wants. And that's why I kind of lead once again, just judging from his interviews, judging from the way he talks, judging the way he interacts with people. I don't know what the relationship he has with David Griffin, and we know two-faced people can maintain good relationships with some people, and then have. Very poisonous relationships with others, and maybe David Griffin has just put all his eggs in the Zion basket of like just coddling him and making him feel good about himself and saying he's the future and doing everything around Zion. And- He doesn't even play Zion in the fourth quarter. He keeps telling, he keeps well, giving like the team. Yeah, exactly. Coddling him, coddling, coddling him because he doesn't want him to get in. Like wants to pre- pre- preserve him for the future. Apparently, if they trade Brandon Ingram, Stephen Adams is going to be the the face of the franchise. No, no, no. it's it's definitely Zion. Definitely Are you sure? Zion. I just, I just because then Master Junior is playing some mind games here. Look, Brandon Ingram is really good too. They got two All Stars as far as I'm concerned. They got Zion and Brandon Ingram. That's two All Stars. I agree with that. Brandon Ingram. Is very good. He's an all-star level player for sure. But I just it's his little cute mind game of making Zion earn it is just it, it's it's yeah,、okay. it's condescending, right? You're not my daddy. I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. That's why. That's well, why I'm just saying. Not everyone has that, 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 that mindset. He's tw- he's still like 21 years old or something. So. He probably is just like he 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 should feel like he deserves better, but he might just have that mindset like I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm still in all. I'm in the NBA, and you could see even like in his first NBA All Star game. If you kind of look back to the minutes he played, 
he played terribly. And the, the, the commentators were saying like, oh, it might be because he's nervous. I, you know, like that's a quite human thing. He actually might be nervous. That's why he was missing open dunks and stuff like that. Like it's, it's crazy to think because Zion's been at the biggest stage for so long, but he, he's ultimately still a kid. And I think it's kind of human that he has these, I don't know, down to earth moments where he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with this team. And, and Griffin says nice things about me. And I, I think he's just, he's just out to, pro to protect me, he, you know, like he seriously just might think that way. Maybe it's up to the agency to give him better advice and say, look, like they're not, they're not, they don't treat players right. Look at, look at JJ. He wanted to get traded to the East Coast and he got traded to the opposite of the East Coast. You tra he got traded. J JJ Reddick needs to drive 23 hours to Brooklyn now. <laughs> That's assuming he doesn't sleep. JJ Reddick only plays in, in, in the, on the East Coast games. He only plays on away games. In, in <laughs> God, just sell this team. Move it to Vancouver or something. This is embarrassing. This is this is my whole rant around when AD was there. You're wasting. Why are you wake giving this terrible team generational talent so that they can rot away for like seven years in obscurity, playing to like a half-filled arena? Well, yeah. Well, apparently they had two generational talents because you know it was AD and Drew Holiday. Well, they well, traded Drew Holiday, not a Chevy player. Yeah, I know. Well, they traded AD as well. Moving on. Another player has a, a gripe. And this, this really surprised me. And I'm talking about Mark Gasol. So Mark Gasol, in a post game after a win, no less, talked about how he wasn't necessarily happy about with his new diminished role on the Lakers. And this surprised me a lot. Now, I'm a huge Mark Gasol fan. I think that's a great signing. But I was surprised that Mark felt that way. I thought it was quite clear to everyone that Mark Gasol is an important piece and veteran contributor to this team, but that he's not going to be showcased on this team at all. I just felt really strange why he felt so strongly that he came out with this comment. I, I always think like players would privately think to themselves, like, oh, you know, I'm better than my my um, death chart positioning, like I should be a starter on some nights. And like, it kind of reminds me of that story. Remember that that uh, old story of, um, uh, sorry, Iverson? Sorry, I was drawing a blank. You know, remember when Alan Iverson went to the Grizzlies and uh, he, I think he was with the Grizzlies. It was the Grizzlies or the, I'm pretty sure it was Grizzlies because it was like towards the end. It was like it was the Pistons. The Grizzlies for, uh, for three games. You know what I'm talking about? So he was there for like a few games and he didn't start. Oh, yeah, he didn't start that he didn't start that game. They played Mike Conley in, in front of him. And uh, he was just like livid. Like uh, in the in the locker room, he was just like throwing shit around, like yelling at the coach. Uh, you know, because in his in his mind, he's been the star for years, like for basically almost like two decades. He he was the star. And now he's um, playing backup uh, to this young kid. And, you know, like at that time, like, you know, as if as, I'm not saying this is exactly the same. It's not totally analogous. But I guess my point is from a fan's point of view, you're like you're the veteran. You know, you're, you're not in your prime anymore. You should just be there to uh, support the players that are basically in the prime or better than you, basically. And I just just be there as a supportive bench um, veteran role, like a Jared Dudley kind of situation. But 
not every player has the swallowed ego and pride of a Jared, Jared Dudley. Um, not everyone can fulfill that that position. And Marc Gasol, as as great as he is, and uh, as good as he's been in previous stops, like in Toronto, uh, like with the Grizzlies, I'm, I'm probably missing a team here, but he's always been at least a starter, or like you know, at least a sixth man in in in, on, in the bench in the in the in the team rotation. And I think now uh, that he's been, you know, relegated because of Montrez Harrell's there, um, he will sign this off season. So he's playing back up to Montrez. And now he's he's getting relegated again because Andre Drummond can't play any other position. So Andre Drummond's maybe the backup or starting um, center. Um, so now he's the, the you know, the, the third backup he might be a little bit more upset. And like, we didn't think that Gasol had this ego, but it, we just, as fans, we just think, oh, you're the veteran. Like, you know how valuable you are. Just be the good, you know, locker room presence veteran guy and just do your job. But he, he probably pictured his job when he signed on with the Lakers as like a six man kind of thing like that. Like a really solid rotation. But now with Andre Drummond, it's like, okay, we've got, I, I'm probably not going to play as much anymore. Yeah. And AD too. AD is sometimes going to be the, you know, if you've got AD as well, AD is probably going to be this, this small ball center with LeBron James at a four. So where's Mark going to play in that, that situation when you've got Montrez and, 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 and Andre coming off the bench, um, you know, maybe playing the four and, four and five as well, both playing the five. Well, I don't know, you know what I mean? So I can understand if I kind of adopt that perspective why Garcel, uh could be a bit um, frustrated um, by the Lakers, um, but I mean I understand. Like we, we also have to look at Andre. If, if Andre Drummond didn't sign with the Lakers, he probably could have signed with the Clippers. You know, like, like it, there's some benefit of just getting Andre Drummond on your team and not playing him because it it stopped the Nets from getting him or it stopped the I don't know the Nuggets from getting him. Um, apparently, the story is that the Lakers promised Drummond a starting role on the Lakers. Um, and obviously that bumped Gasol oh, okay. uh, starting position because Gasol starts games even though a Harold, depending on the game, would play many minutes coming off the bench. I think Harold gets more minutes for sure, but I think it's like if you think it's it's really AD and LeBron. Like that's uh, does Gasol was Gasol starting with AD and LeBron like when they were healthy? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, he, he was? was okay because AD doesn't play center, so Gasol okay. is the starting center, but. I really always thought Gasol was the Jared Dudley player. Um, not to yeah. disrespect Gasol, like he's fantastic career, maybe Hall of Fame. No, obviously, he's, yeah, no, not yeah, maybe. But, but it's in that role. It's in the okay, sorry. Jared Dudley kind of leadership role, right? That's what value. Mm, that's what's exactly. really valuable, um, rather than because I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it would just surprised me. Like I thought Gasol was. A bit more self-aware than than this. I mean, the, he scores like two points. Like, has he heard? Has, does he listen? Uh, maybe he doesn't listen to social media, which is a good thing. But if he did, like, everyone's saying that he's like he's garbage, basically. That he should be retired. That he's that he's washed. I haven't watched enough Lakers games to draw that conclusion, considering how good he was with the Raptors. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I, I think. Just having a, a center that can shoot three pointers is, is 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 just incredibly valuable, even if he's really slow slow foot. 
Um, but man, like Andre Drummond is like a really good player. <laughs> like having Andre Drummond next to AD and LeBron, like that's that's crazy. Like like it is crazy. I know we're talking about the hurt feelings of one former superstar, but who cares ultimately? Like I'm sorry, but I, if I'm a Lakers fan, I don't, I don't I don't give a shit about Gasol's feelings. You know what I mean? Like Andre Drummond with AD and LeBron, like that's a crazy um, front court. I was a bit disappointed to to hear him say that, just mm. because I thought, okay, this mm. guy he's Jared Dudley, right? He's that veteran, respected leader in the locker room. And if Jared Dudley is like causing, you know, this is like this is shit that I would expect Dw- Dwight Howard to be talking about. I don't expect this from from Marcus All. Right. That's true. That that is a little unfortunate. Um, but you know, these players have feelings, and obviously, Marcus All has a lot of pride in what he does. And if he's not able to perform it at a consistent level and with enough minutes and regularity, he. He should not come forward like this, I suppose. He should have just kept it private mm. and, and tried to keep working with the team. But I guess it was getting to this point where it was getting futile, um, his conversations with um, Frank Vogel. And he just had to go to the media about it. He had to go public about it, which is unfortunate. Um, but it is what it is. That's how he feels. Uh, I, I, I just, and I, you know, like speaking of like Jared Dudley, like he, yeah, like he—he's a pretty rare leader. Like considering I—I've been watching highlights of—I uh, don't know if you remember the these the series, but against the Sixers, Ben Simmons uh, kryptonite. The, the Sixers, Ben Simmons killer. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Uh, I think it was Ben Simmons airballs or like a long shot or something, uh, or something like that. And then Jared Dudley like shoots a three pointer and gets in, and like they're like just—he's just raising his hands like, "What you gonna do? What you gonna do?" <laughs> And then um, later that later in that game, and this was a pivotal game. Like it was two one, six was up, but like the Nets were up, were leading, and even like um, they were they were they took the lead with like a few seconds left um, before Mike Scott hit like a big three point at the end. But like I think it was like during the third quarter, Joel Embiid goes to um, swat the ball away from Jared Allen's hands and kind of like makes contact with his head, and Jared Dudley takes offense there and pushes. Joe Embiid in the back and then Jimmy Butler comes in and then everyone's pushing and like they kind of flow into the stands like pushing and shoving and and, and yeah and, and then uh, Jared Dudley and Jimmy Butler get ejected but man like like even Jared, even to extending to Jimmy Butler like I love the energy man like this is so much raw energy and it just gets your team invigorated mm. and I wish he stayed with the Nets but I just think the Lakers are so smart and to, once again, this isn't, this isn't a Magic Johnson move. This is a Rob Polinka move because he understands what it takes to build a team. He understands the type of characters you need to build a championship team. Something that uh, former, you know, executives with the Lakers did not understand. Um, you know, and um, for, maybe he may have missed it with Gasol. Oh, you know, immediately. Maybe Gasol wasn't the right character to fit on this team. Um, if you know you're bringing Harold and I, mean, I guess Andre Drummond, you couldn't plan for, but yeah, maybe this was a misstep. And, and otherwise, a pretty successful uh, tenure as as the as the GM of the right. Lakers. Look, um, I don't blame this on Rob Palenka, and let's see how this story develops. I think obviously the Lakers are losing to to basically everyone, and I think that makes that's very frustrating. So maybe that has something to do with it. They got a tough sketch right now. Yeah.
but yeah. let, let's see how it develops. I think once LeBron Rady gets back, it should be fine. Okay, well, one Eastern team that we haven't talked about much is are the Milwaukee Bucks, who this week signed just signed Drew Holiday to a massive four-year 160, well, I should correct myself, up to $160 million, assuming he hits all the incentives. I think the actual deal is four years, 130-something million. Well, he also has a play option in his last year, which is crazy. This is a crazy contract, right? Because Drew Holiday, we know, he's, we know he's MVP of Dave Griffin's heart, but he's also 30 years old. Yeah, that's the main thing. He's 30 at this point. So... If he takes his play option, which he most certainly will because he's going to decline a little bit, um, he'll be 34 <laughs> when he, 34, 35 years old when he, when he accepts his play option, at which point the Bucks will owe him $40 million. Um, I don't know, man. Like, you're paying him the most uh, when you know, he's 34 or 35 years old. Um, it doesn't sound like a good contract. And maybe it's like, okay, he's signing a bad, it will be a bad contract at the end of, of its contract life, but uh, we're going to win a championship with Drew Holiday, uh, Giannis, and Chris Middleton. That's where it only comes down to. In the next two years or three years, can the Bucks win a championship? What say you, David? Can they win a championship with this? I don't know if they can make it out of the second round. Why would I think they can win a championship? I, I, I also don't see Drew Holiday... Yeah, I also don't see Drew Holiday as like a humongous upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Like I think, Eric, I think defensively they were both pretty well, good. I mean, Eric like, I, I don't think was like hard, hard garbage. He, he was like, he can't score in the playoffs. Well, yeah, Eric Blitz, yeah, that's right. He can't score. So I like Drew Holiday in that regard. But I'm just saying, the main skill set is defense, and I don't think Eric Bledsoe is much worse defensively. Really, what it came down to is Michael Brogdon. That's where it really started to crumble when they let Michael Brogdon leave. Um, and then they decided to pursue other options. That's when this team really went downhill. Um, and, and that's when they... And, and, and they've just had a lot of missteps, uh, you know, even with uh, trying to sign on, on Bogdan, Bogdanovich in offseason and doing this before the, tam- before the legal tampering period, uh, which is probably one of the dumbest <laughs> things I've heard in a long time. For a GM to do and not name Michael, Magic Johnson. <laughs> Giannis, we're getting LeBron. <laughs> I think. <laughs> if he says yes. I went to his house already. I, I, tw- I, I tweeted it. I went to his house. <laughs> we had the contract ready. I told Jimmy Kimmel about it. I, I agree. I agree. Um, this just seems overcompensation for that. Them play, getting a bit too smart with themselves. Yeah. Being a little bit too cheap. Not going all in. And now they have to backtrack and overpay yeah. all these players. Now they have to go. Yeah. I like I like Drew Holiday. He's probably the he's the best player of the bunch, but he's thirty, and they're paying him over at least over hundred mil uh, to win a championship in the next two seasons. Okay, they had a misstep. So what do they what, what you want them to do? Just not do anything. So I kind of respect the fact that now they're going all in, even if they do have to overpay be, to make up for the misstep. So there's something I still like that. But on the other hand, the fact that they let Brogdon go. It's, it's just hard. It's a hard hurdle to get a, get around, right? And just the fact that they missed out on Bogdanovich again, just knowing that he, he could have had him, it's just hard to. Two guys in the prime in the mid twenties, uh, very good shooters. Like what this league needs, 
Um, and they let go for defensive players like Eric Bledsoe and Drew Oliday that aren't really, you know, uh, you know, known as great shooters. I mean, Drew Holiday has a lot of rep as well. Like, you know, we talked about the Nets. Nets wanting to form a big three with Kyrie and KD before James Harden joined. They want, they were recruiting Drew Holiday. They wanted Drew Holiday to, to join. They wanted Drew Holiday to force a trade um, to, to Brooklyn. Drew, anyway, Drew Holiday, really good guy. I think we're both just responding to the fact that we don't necessarily like the fact that this is a very rich contract for a 30-year-old, like six-foot-one guard. They don't seem to age very well. I want to say we've reached mid thirties, and yeah. at this point, the Bucks have three max players, which doesn't really give them much flexibility either. Yeah, they'll argue we maybe screwed up, but we we have to move past that. So if we overpay, we overpay, and I guess I much rather they overpay than not surround Giannis with the stars that he deserves. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like you know, they're limiting their flexibility. I want them to be creative because right now what they've done is just they're just double like triple downing their their move and just like saying like yeah we rate we we made the right move so we're certifying it by giving this guy a long term extension way into his mid thirties. It just doesn't seem like the most prudent move, and uh, it is also speaks volumes that in the buyout market when a lot of these former stars like you know guys that can really help out help out a team not as like the primo guy obviously but as a secondary guy and, and tertiary guy like a Blake Griffin or Andre LaMarcus Aldridge or Andre Drummond these guys chose other cities like others other teams that represented bad chances of winning a championship they didn't see Milwaukee as 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 the favorite when in previous seasons Milwaukee were seen as one of the favorite teams and and Giannis was seen as 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 the best player, um, but it's not happening. Like you know, not only is Giannis not getting the MVP love anymore, not me even the and not many team, not many pundits are saying the Bucks are the favorite anymore as well. Like those same people that were, were in love with the Bucks and now like not even touching the Bucks anymore. Knowing what you know now, does that make him a Bucks life? Like, is he just going to stay with the Bucks for the rest of his life, or do you think at some point he'll force a trade? Probably he'll stay there. I mean, until otherwise, I don't see him. He signed. He's just signed that massive max. Yeah, he contract, just signed it. So yeah, exactly. Also, it wasn't like a. It wasn't just like a minimal, like ex- minimal extension. This was a super super max deal, right? You know, you do have players like uh, Damian Lillard, who just seems stuck in Portland and liking it. And likes it, yeah. Or Bradley Beal. Or Bradley Beal, um, who's just have become a hostage in Washington. <laughs> so who knows? I, th- I feel like Giannis is more closer to them than uh, a LeBron or an AD. Or KD, yeah. Or, or KD, well, definitely KD. KD's too busy um, attacking people. <laughs> he's, he's busy. We don't, we don't know what he's searching for. Hopefully he finds it before he attacks more people. Let's wrap up with just um, some good news, I think. Um, so a couple of players who we had our eyes on have now have are now getting 10-day contracts so they're technically back in the nba i'm talking about boogie cousins signing with the clippers isaiah thomas who by the way banned us but i'm still really happy to see him now sign with the pelicans canceled us we'll wear 24 in honor of kobe a bit strange okay a bit strange there (laughs) yeah (laughs) and delavadova signing with the Cavs. he's ready he's ready to rumble (laughs) I don't Watch think he's out. signed with the Cavs. I think he's just back with the Cavs after a 
more like over two years of inaction. Della Vadova. Just various injuries have sidelined him for ages. He was always with the Cavs. He, he's just he's just returning back to basketball action now because he's had a series of extremely bad luck injuries for like two years. So it's, it's, wait, so he was always he was always with the Cavs. He was always with the Cavs. Right. It's just right. good news okay. that yeah now he's back to playing basketball. I mean, I'm a bit sad that there's no Jeremy Lin, but certainly I like seeing um, it back in the NBA. It's interesting that like there's some young players um, that were rookies and they signed with other teams. I think there's like a player named Axel Tupoin and Nico Mannion. Hmm. Axel I think went to the Bucks and Nico Mannion went back to the Warriors who drafted him. And in both those situations, those are teammates of Jeremy Lin's G League team. And yet Jeremy Lin, being the 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 highest scoring player on that team, didn't didn't sign a contract with anyone. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what Isaiah Thomas was playing, and yet he got a, he got a 10-day contract with the Pels. Like, that's what Jeremy Lin's future looks like if... Like, sorry, that's what Jeremy Lin's path looks like if he wants to return to the NBA, is a 10-day contract. And, and looking good in practice, you know? Like, he's not going to get much court time if the team's not being blown out or blowing out the other team. Like, Isaiah Thomas isn't going to get much court time, you know? He's not, they're not... The Pels aren't signing him because they need a sixth man. They're signing him because they need a, some guy to come off the bench. And they, I guess they did the homework and they said they were happy with IT enough to sit on their bench and not be a problem like a Marc Gasol kind of thing like that. But he's only going to get many minutes if, they're not, if the scores aren't a big difference, you know? Like, that's, that's the reality. I don't even know if IT will stay with the team. It's weird that he'll say, I'm going to wear 24 to honor Kobe when he, won't even get, he might not even get a chance to honor Kobe on court with the, with the tracksuit <laughs> off. The tracksuit is going to cover the 24 because he's going to be on the bench oh, okay. most of the time. <laughs> Please, let's just lay off like, yeah, I want him He'll back. take the tracksuit track off and they realize they didn't even print the numbers. Like they just gave him like a, like a t-shirt <laughs> like they bought from the gift shop because they just didn't think Isaiah Thomas okay, would make, okay. make past a 10-day contract. I know I hate as I don't hate as I Thomas sorry like I I kind of it it that's that's coming from Kane okay that's Kane I, don't I like me, I like well actually you badmouth him a lot not bad but you made fun of him a lot more than I have I've always liked him <laughs> please energy energy at ten oh my god fuck now he's back in the NBA what do you think his energy is at his energy is he was, his energy was his like energy at, at ten just like doing nothing is, now he's like back in the NBA it's fucking like energy at fifty he's always gonna say energy at twenty four. NG24, guys. Oh, my God. Okay, Hashtag like RB Kobe. <laughs> okay, we just need to calm down. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that we haven't seen Jeremy Lin. You see that uh, Steph, he's honoring Asian Americans by wearing a Bruce Lee-branded uh, shoe? A lot of players have been doing that. Dame, Dame was sitting on the sidelines with the T-shirt. How about honoring Jeremy Lin? Wear, wear a Jeremy Lin shoe. How about, why wear a shoe when you can have a real token Asian on the court? Jeremy Lin, please. I mean, if I had to defend the Warriors, I'm going to say that Jeremy Lin joining the team makes them better, in which case is not something that they want to do this season. They want to give more playing time to the young, younger guys. So, like, they would lose more games while developing the younger guys while they wait for Clay to come back. Okay. Well, to wrap up, I see the last note here is Space Jam 2 trailer. I have not seen the trailer. I don't care anything about Space Jam 2. It's got your, it's got your favorite 
It's got LeBron James in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. A LeBron James. I associate LeBron James with championship, not playing with a bunch of cartoons. But let's end with this, okay? Don't think I'm going to let you off the hook on this. What do you think of your team, your player, Carlton Davis, recently coming out and complaining that there's too many, there's too many Vietnamese people in Miami? I do forgive him. I do forgive oh, him. Oh, God, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do forgive him. <laughs> only because I... I, I by, by the I'm, way, I'm by shocked. the way, Vietnamese is my term, okay? He, he did not use the word Vietnamese. I think the G word isn't just a Vietnamese slur, though. It's, it's... We're going to get canceled. Someone's going to cancel us. No, 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 no. It's for lots of Asian slurs, though. I think, like, that's what they call Korean people, too. As in a derogatory way. You agree that it's derogatory, and you should not be using that word around. No, it's not a big deal. You can use that word. It's a lot. God, you can say. It. I'll just say it now. I'll say it now. Just make sure you put me. No, out. don't say it. Don't say it. Don't, don't say it now. Don't say it now. No, it's bad. It's 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 really bad. I um I, I did see it. Uh, I read today, and I was a bit shocked because he's always like. Who is this player? Is he good? Yeah, he's really good. He's a he's a cornerback. He's up and coming cornerback. He's still pretty young. Uh, obviously, we won the Super Bowl with him locking up Tyreek Hill. Um, so he, he's really good. Um, I was surprised and a bit hurt, and I think he'll get a fine for it, but I think that's pretty much it. Like It, it was ultimately harmless, and he deleted it straight away. And It's like one of the situations, Like if you can give him the benefit of the doubt, he said something that he literally didn't know what the meaning of the word is. Let's just give him the benefit okay, of the doubt. Okay, please, please. He didn't know the meaning, okay? Let's just okay. give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. <laughs> well, I guess why I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt is because the... Con Did you read the tweet? Did you read the deleted? Yeah, I read the, since been deleted? I read the tweet. But he didn't say it in a context, contextual way like Myers Leonard said it, right? He just said it as like uh, another... Like, another um, slang word he could have you could insert any slang word there and it, it would have meant the same thing we would need to know who is he referring to when he says yeah exactly yeah yeah oh you just said it but because he said i can say i'm asian there's i can't okay. be racist to my own people okay we all, no, we all it's not your this, people okay? you're chinese you, we know okay go on go ahead look unlike you i love all asians we know how you feel about my people just i'm talking about go ahead. people of china okay just go ahead anyway first of all I don't give him any benefit of the doubt because he, he said that he didn't know what the word meant and that he thought it was, it was, he thought it meant lame, which is totally ridiculous. First of all, he capitalized the word as well. If he was just using it to substitute for another word, why would he capitalize it? And he's saying it's a response to some producer that he saw where he is in a feud it with. So we have to find out whether that guy is Asian or not. But he was also mentioning Mi Miami. Or was it Florida? Well, what, which which city was he saying? Like he, he Miami. doesn't want those people. Miami. So is Miami a, a place that's prolific with Vietnamese and Asian communities? I don't think so. Right? It's usually like a Latino sort of vibe, right? Yeah, it's Latino. It's Latino for sure. Like Latino, Cuban. Um, but maybe there's too many. There's you know there's too many Asians for Carlton Davis's liking. <laughs> <laughs> right, so funny. Why are you oh my god this is not funny at all this is this not is fun. funny this is very like, serious. just such a funny concept to me i don't know why like okay just just the idea of like like being racist and first is just like terrible to begin with but then like being so being so obsessed by seeing a race like seeing another race that upsets you just visually seeing them and then like calling them <laughs> out on twitter 
Like, just the whole concept is just ridiculous. I honestly, that's why I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Because, okay, can you just admit that it's not the same context as Myers Leonard? Like, the way Myers Leonard used the K word is much more embedded in his sentence than what Carlton Davis was saying. Well, I don't know. Did he, did he tweet this after seeing a bunch of Asian people? Like, we don't know yeah. if he tweeted this. But, can't, but that's what I'm saying. Can't you give the benefit of the doubt in that situation? No, but why would you use a word? I don't understand, because this word is specific Because he doesn't to... know, he because I'm saying he could have just used any word. He could have said idiots. Okay. He could have said right. any other kind of slang um, bad word, but he, he decided to use this one, which has a lot of, which obviously has a racial translation. But he also called uh, New Orleans Saint Whiteout, Whiteout Michael Thomas slant boy. Like, what's that about? Michael Thomas is black as far as you don't, I know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny to hear that. He's called Slant Boy. Michael Thomas is called Slant Boy. Because he only runs... His only, the only route that he runs is slants. Which is basically you, you would like run straight for like a few yards and then like um, hit... Di and, like, uh, and then cut up diagonally. Because <laughs> he, he gets a lot of catches from Drew Brees like, that are only like seven yards out. Um, from slants that's the name of right. the route and he doesn't know any other routes so therefore he's 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 labeled as slant boy <laughs> okay okay so maybe people are reaching okay oh my god that's so funny i never i never made that connection before it's also funny calling someone because michael thomas is one of the best i don't receivers. know what he, this is referring to you you saying it out loud is just hilarious because i guess i never <laughs> made that connection but yeah michael thomas is one of the best receivers in the league and it's just funny calling him Slant Boy because, you know, like to, to kind of like think that that's all Michael Thomas can do, which is ridiculous because Michael Thomas is, a, is one of the best receivers in the league. It's like calling Tyreek Hill like Speed Boy, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like that. Like Tyreek right. Hill can only run fast in a, in, in a straight line. It's not, it's not true, but yeah, maybe that's what he's best at. Let me summarize your, your view on this. <laughs> so what you're saying is basically Carlton Davis is not only non-racist, but he's also funny. No, I mean, I don't think he came up with... I don't know if he came up with Slant Boy, to be honest, but it was funny. <laughs> uh, I think... I, I, I'm, what I'm going to say is I am, I'm not saying he's not racist, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because the tweet itself doesn't have enough um, uh, identifiers or, sorry, enough uh, context in that sentence to reveal that he was referring to Asians while in the Myers Leonard situation he was using a word that uh, had a lot of connotations to uh, the stereotype of Jewish people um, and and hence that is a, like a, is a dead giveaway that he knew exactly like the, the word he was using in, in a very specific sentence situation uh, well in this situation I feel like he you could replace a G word with any other slang and it would fit still what what if carlton davis called uh tom brady a chain <laughs> is that okay <laughs> because he said he didn't you know, know what it, the word meant he didn't know what the word meant uh i don't know man like he can be a, you know i don't i you know like i i read it and i was a bit upset but i ultimately don't care these okay. athletes are just gonna just they can do whatever they want and just get fined and it doesn't it doesn't make a difference it doesn't make a difference to me honestly like look as far as Kane is concerned if you're on the Bucks and you're getting interceptions or touchdowns go ahead go rape people in Uber cars and you know go 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 use your racist terms it's okay okay make sure you're ready on Sunday
<laughs> this is what I'm dealing with, okay? This is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> Just gonna erase it's, it's not. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. I guess it's not funny, but I guess when you put it that way, I, I know I'm. I know I'm wrong, but yeah, I, I guess. I guess I can't help but feel apathetic because they're, they're just dumb athletes at the end of the day and you can't control all thousand athletes that would use the Twitter and whatever things to say, whatever they want and just feign ignorance when they say it and they get, and they, right. get, they get called out for it. It's just like, it happens daily. So am I going to get worked up every single time an athlete uses a derogatory slur? I, I don't know. Okay, just, but the important context here for our listeners and myself who are not Buccaneer fanatics is that uh, one, he is a good player, and you don't. Think, okay. <laughs> and he wasn't calling someone a slant boy because they're Chinese. Imagine if he was Chinese. That would, that would be even worse. That would be so <laughs> okay. Funny. Then he uses the word ching in that case. <laughs> <laughs> then he uses the G word correctly. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying that you don't think he's going to get canceled? No. Because he's too good. There's been way worse crimes, like like you said, like people raping people, sexually assaulting people. And they don't get they don't they don't get cancelled. Like Antonio Brown is right. Oh, I guess Antonio Brown's not employed at, at the moment, but you know he can be. Forget Antonio Brown. He's he's a criminal. But how about Jameis Winston, your lover? Well, Jameis Winston just resigned with the Saints, so yeah, he's he's fine. He's he's he'll be reason. But he didn't rape anyone. Like, come on. Give him no, I know, I know. He didn't rape, but he he was a repeat of, he was a repeat offender. Okay, he was like sexually assaulting people all the time. This is going back to college. <laughs> He was stealing and sexually touching people. The, the problem with Jameis Winston in your eyes is that he got too many interceptions. A few less interceptions <laughs> and, and it's a-okay, okay? It's a-okay. I don't like this slandering. I don't like you slandering my name. <laughs> Dragging my name through the mud. I didn't, I didn't ever say it was a-okay. I didn't ever say like interceptions is worse than rape, okay? Like don't, okay. don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> All right, dear listeners. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're having a bit of fun, dear listeners. But uh, well, let's end it on this. Please be nice to your neighbors. Don't uh, don't call people names, whether they're Asian or not. Just get along, okay? Just, just stay at home. Just stay at home unless you're vaccinated. That's that's all I have to say. Amen to that. Stay safe, people. Stay at home, people. Except if you're KD, maybe you need to get out a little bit, do some walking, okay? <laughs> all right. See ya. See you in New York.
Thank you for listening to Your MBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your MBA Podcast.